and meet. Why don't you guys join us in worship and stand this morning?
is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand.
Father, we're thankful this morning, God, that we can exalt you. God, that you're high above the earth, but yet you live in our hearts. God, you know what we deal with every single day. God, you know the struggles that we have. God, the day-to-day struggles that relationships. God, with work, with people. God, the fatigue that we may feel sickness in our bodies. Father, I'm thankful that you're the healer. God, you heal bodies. You heal relationships. You heal our souls. And God, you come with a very simple message, which is just come to me. All that labor and are heavy laden, heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. Father, I'm thankful for that rest this morning. God, if there's someone here today, God, that doesn't have that rest, they can't say that they know the healer, the prince of peace, who gives peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, I pray this morning that they would just simply come. Come to know you and all that you have to offer. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. All right, uh, greet greet each other with a hug or a handshake, fist bump, what have you. Well, welcome everyone. Thank you for being here this morning. I want to say a special shout out to any guests that we have this morning. We appreciate you being here. There's, there's quite a few churches in this area, but we're very thankful uh, that you came to, uh, to visit with us this morning. And uh, so myself, my wife, Renee, would normally be up here, but uh, when you've got three children, you play the odds. There's probably going to be one out of three that's sick. So, uh, so she's at home and I'm here. So you guys will just deal with me this morning, but um, just want to give the announcements. Uh, two for two. Uh, anybody familiar with two for two? All right. There's a few. Okay. For those of you that aren't familiar, two for two, where two families get together for two events. All right. Get to know each other. Uh, our April two for two uh, is off to a great start. Don't forget to send pictures to uh, hopecrossingschurch at gmail.com. And then um, we'll be doing another two for two in June and July. All right. Um, we definitely want to encourage you guys to uh, sign up and get to know each other. Uh, there's a lot of camaraderie uh, with people that have to change the same poopy diapers, right? You know, hey, you're not the only one. Or maybe your kids are teenagers, or maybe your kids are out of the house. So we want to encourage that. Um, students from Grace Student Arts are performing here on April 23rd at 6. Um, all are welcome for that. And then graduation Sunday is on April 30th. 
If you are graduating uh, and you'd like to be recognized, please go to our website and fill out the form. And then the dessert auction, which I just saw people's ears go up, um, will be on May 7th. All right? So I want to just read uh, scripture this morning. Get to my Bible. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8. And it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. This is to my Father's glory. If you remain in me and my words, remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Kids, you can be dismissed to Children's Church. And uh, speaking of the kids, uh, we just went through a remodel of our children's facility, our children's rooms that are dedicated to them, and it was a uh, labor of love. It was a lot of hard work. Chris Collick has been so uh, great to put together a video just to kind of give you a picture of the before, during, and after, so let's watch this and enjoy it.
appreciation to everybody who had a part in that. That was a, a lot of planning and work and all that stuff, but it was so well worth it, and our kids are so valuable to us, and it's so great for, grateful for Pastor Kim doing a great job with our children. That facility back there was just getting worn out, which is exactly what we want. And so it was time for a remodel, and we did it, and uh, so it'll be another however many years before we need to do that again, and we will need to do it again one day, right? Hey, let's celebrate uh, last week. Of course, we had Easter, and uh, what a great day that we had. So much praise and worship and time of uh, fellowship together. But we also set an all-time 19-year Hope Crossings attendance record of 252 people. Isn't that, isn't that just great? Yeah. So, so very, very thankful for that and thankful for the uh, dessert auction that's coming up. It's not about cakes, pies, and brandies and cookies. It's about sending kids to camp. That's why we do that. We sell these uh, home-baked stuff, and maybe some of it might not be home-baked. I don't know. It's sugar. It's going to be good. But it's not about the cake and the pie. It's about making sure that our young people get to go to camp. And they have been going to camp, uh, the same camp, for, every, for several years and just love it. They have a great time. It's fun. They learn. They grow. They come back changed. And if you remember what it was like to go to camp when you were a teenager, I would say you need just bring, bring your checkbook on that Sunday. Okay? First Sunday in May. Bring your checkbook. Everybody going to bring your checkbook? Debit card? IOU? We take them all. Take them all, okay? All right, you ready to get started today? We are uh, in the Gospel of John in chapter number 15, verses uh, 1 through 8, as Matt just read. And we're going to talk today about what Christ said He is the true vine. Jesus is speaking to His disciples about their life and their future. And one of the things He's telling them is that I want you to be successful or I want you to be productive. I want there to be something as the result of your life, some things. Fruit is what he's referencing here. God reveals his plan to us in many different ways. He brings his plan to us through revelation to various people. He speaks to us through nature, through angels, through opportunities, through teachers, he speaks to us in many different ways, revealing what He wants for our lives and as a result of Him being in our lives. And here in John chapter 15, Jesus uses this illustrative message, if you will, about the vine and the branches. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And my Father is the gardener or the vine dresser. Very specific there. He starts this off by being very specific about who is what and what is who. And so we need to keep that in mind as we flow through this thing. This is a common uh, illustration that God used for his people Israel and also now for the church. In Psalm uh, verse 80, verses 8 through 11, says, you transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea, its shoots as far as the river. God is giving Israel this illustration of what he has called them to be and do. 
a nation of people who would possess the earth or be in every segment and sector of the earth. And of course, Israel as a nation still is a nation, but specifically what we would refer to as the Old Testament. We are now in the New Testament where God has said those who are in Christ are grafted into Israel. We're grafted into that vine. And so he's saying as the church body in this age, we are to be those who scatter throughout, those who go and produce fruit. But in Jeremiah chapter 2, we read what this other illustration is as it relates to a vine. He said, I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? So here we find that it is very possible for us as those who are connected in God to then become corrupted and instead of being a vine that is under the control or governance of God, become a wild vine to do whatever we want to do and live our life however we want to live our lives. And every one of us, the Bible says, has done that. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. We've all intentionally sinned. And we have been corrupted. We've corrupted ourselves. And we have been that wild, that wild, that wildness that we were just doing our own thing. But aren't you thankful that we serve a God that is more powerful than our rebellion and our corruption? He said, I see your corruption. I see your rebellion. I still love you. And I am more powerful than your sin. I'm more powerful than your corruption. Jesus Christ hung on the cross to pay the price for our sin. He rose from the dead to show us what it's like to live a powerful life. And that's what God has for us. So in Christ, we find that that is, there's a restoration away from corruption and into unity in God and his life. So I want to talk for a little bit about this abiding in the vine. He is that vine, we are the branches, and the Father is the gardener or the vine dresser. The first thing I just want to talk about is the fact that God wants you to be successful. God wants you to produce. God wants there to be growth and productivity in your life. It's very important for him. I'm so thankful that that's what he wants. We don't have to try and talk God in to kind of doing something through us or, or, or having something produced out of our lives. That's his plan. That's his desire and design. So we don't have to go and plead before him, oh, God, please, please, please. He's saying, dude, before you were, I don't know if he said dude, but he says, <laughs> Before, before you were born or even thought of, that's my plan. That's what I'm trying to do through you. So we don't have to talk God into it. It's God's design, and I love that. The fact that he, he looks at us and he says, I, I think so much of you, I'm, I'm going to see something produced through your life. And every one of us have the temptation to think, well, he thinks that about other people. He doesn't think that about me. I mean, look at the things I've done, or maybe the look at the things that have been, to, have been done to me. Look at all this stuff. Look at all this junk, junk in the trunk, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't know. You know, it, that promise is for somebody else. No. No. That promise is for you. That's God's will for your life. 
that you produce. You produce a crop that is good and nourishing and fulfilling and it's lasting. He wants you to produce lasting fruit. He wants you to be successful. You want to take a look at a a picture of some really, really great grapes. There they are right there, man. Don't those look awesome and great? You just want to go, yes, let me eat those right now. That's what God wants for each one of our lives. That's what God's plan is and God's desire is, is that we be those who are producing healthy abundance, not lacking, not weak, but healthy and strong. God wants you to be that way. But secondly, God gives you what you need to be successful. It's not, it's not like we've got to go out and invent everything and create everything and get everything. God says, I am the vine, you are the branches. As long as you remain in me and I remain in you, you're going to produce fruit. He says, but if you're not producing fruit, there's, there's going to be an ax. There's going to be a cutting away. But if you abide in me and I in you, you're going to produce fruit. There are times in our lives, as with nature as it is, that we produce more fruit than at other times. There can be a season of dormancy, and Satan would love us to think, well, my season of dormancy, it's been 42 years, and I'll I'll start producing fruit one day. No, no, God says, I want you to be fruitful, fruitful, fruitful. There may be a time when there's a dip when God's trying to teach us and cause us to grow and the roots to grow deeper. But God wants us to come back to that fruitfulness to where we're producing. And he gives us everything we need for success. We must allow the life and the power of Christ to flow through us to produce what he's called us to produce. We don't have to come up with all the answers and come up with all the plan. We need to allow the life of God to flow through us. He illustrates it this way when he says to his disciples, let your light so shine before men. You notice he didn't say, build a fire so everyone can see your light. He didn't, he didn't say, just, just keep, keep throwing on the logs, you know, and keep pumping the gas in there. No, he just said, let your light shine before men. We don't, we're not responsible for building the fire. We're responsible for letting the light shine. In fact, in that, he says, here's what I don't want you to do. He says, I don't want you to cover your light up. See, sometimes we make the mistake, and I would dare say this is a a vital mistake, is that the light is shining, but we do something that covers it. Usually it's a partial cover, and then a little more, and and we're going in the wrong direction. And sometimes the light is completely covered. It's not that the light's not there. It's that we're doing things that are anti-fruitfulness, anti-letting the light shine. We put the light under a bushel. But instead, he says, what do you do with the light? You set it up on a hill so everybody can see. So he says, just let your light shine. In other words, it's God's life flowing through us. It's not something that we have to produce or muster up. We just need to let his light shine through us. Let his life flow through us and don't obstruct it in any way. And every one of us have storms in our life that come along and 
and try to blow that light out or damage our testimony or damage our lives in a way that causes us to come to, to some wrong interpretation that says, well, I, I, it's not me. I, now that this has happened, well, I, I really can't produce fruit. I can't do anything for God. Storms come along and cause damage. And every one of us have storms. The Bible tells us that. We all have difficulties. It was about seven or eight years ago that there was a storm that came through uh, Jackson County. And we have a, a big oak tree in our front yard. It's a water oak. And I don't know why that's important, but I said it. It's a water oak. And it's an oak tree. And so there was a storm that came through. And after the storm, the next day, I went out there. And there, was, there were lim- dead limbs all on the ground. And I'm kind of picking them up. And I'm kind of looking up into the tree. And, and I notice a branch up in the tree that had split. I don't know how that happened, but somehow the wind or something just forced a bending in that branch so much that there was a split in the branch. So the branch is maybe about this big around. It comes off the trunk, and then there's a split that's maybe about 12 to 18 inches long. So the branch comes out, and then part of it goes over the split, and part of it goes on, and then it reconnects, and it goes on out. So you can like, you could see through the branch. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, that's going to die. You know, about a year from now, you know, that whole branch, there'll be no leaves on it and everything. And I'll just have to get up there with a chainsaw or something and cut that thing off. Because that's going to die. It's seven years. That thing's still alive. I can't believe it. I was out there the other day and I looked up there. Well, when the other day, it was while all the leaves are gone. And I looked up there and I said, that thing is still alive. Every one of us have storms that do damage. But we get to make the decision, is this storm going to stop me or is this storm just simply going to change me? The storm is going to change you, but the storm doesn't have to stop you. You might have to, you look at your life and you say, man, I'm, there's some damage there. There's some things, there's something different about me now and I don't look the same, act the same, feel the same. But you don't have to stop producing fruit just because you endured a storm. you got to go, okay, God, don't know why it happened. Kind of wish it hadn't happened because that hurt. That was a bad storm. But, Lord, somehow you're still going to have your life flowing through my life. And that's not God's decision. That's your decision. To allow the love, the life, the power of God to flow through your life. That is 100% on you and on me. Because God's already decided. I'm the vine. You are the branch. Let my love, my my life, my power, my everything flow through your life. Whether there's a split, whether there's a bend, whether there's a branch that breaks, but it doesn't break all the way, but the life still flows through that branch That's a decision of ours. And sometimes people give up, and maybe that's been your situation. I would call you today to repent and say, okay, God, your life is still in me. I haven't been producing. I want to produce. Here I am. Let's go. God will work through us no matter what. But sometimes it's not the storm that comes along. Sometimes it is the Father himself who comes along with these little thing called pruning shears 
and he prunes us. Now, the word here tells us that the father's the vine dresser. He comes along and prunes every branch that is bearing fruit. He prunes it. And then Jesus, the next statement says, you are already clean because of the word that I spoke to you. And that, that word pruned and clean are almost synonymous in the Greek language. Almost synonymous. And what, what he's saying is Jesus is saying, you've, you've already clean. In other words, the vine dresser comes and cleans up the vine. That's what a, a pruner does or a vine dresser does. He cleans up the vine. Now, here's the deal. If you're in Christ and the life of Christ is flowing through you, what do we do? We create. We produce. We, we have all kinds of things that we're doing because the life of God's moving through us. And we're going like, hey, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to try this over here. And, and I'm I just, man, God's good and everything's going great. And so we have all these little branch-offs. And God is, I think the Father's up there going like, yes, yes, you're being creative, you're being powerful, you're moving forward, you're, you're open to all kinds of opportunities, yes. And then he grabs the pruning shears. And he goes, yes, way to go, but I'm going to clip that thing off. Because that's not the direction you need to go in. It's a, it's a fine thing, but it's not what I've called you to do. And then he comes over here and he says, oh, I'm, so, I'm so glad you're, you got creativity flowing through you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip that one off too because I want my energy flowing to what I've called you to do and what you will be the most successful in. So 1987, Lisa and I moved up here to Georgia. We built a house in Loganville and I almost took a drive to Loganville because I wanted to see something. This past week, I was thinking about driving to Loganville. And I prayed and said, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I didn't. I'm just kidding. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I was, okay. So in 1987, we moved there. We built a house. But 1988, we went over to Lisa's parents' house and went back into the woods, and I transplanted. I dug up a couple of little oak trees, maybe, maybe about this big. And so I dug up these two oak trees, and I brought them to our house, and I planted them. And one of them was a pin oak, and it grew really big. The other was a, like a red oak. It grew big as well. But the red oak, it was, it was probably about that tall when I transplanted it. And um, down at the, just above the ground, there was one little twig that came out. It had one leaf on that twig. One leaf. And I have no explanation. It's nature. I don't know what happened. But all of the energy went to that one twig and that one leaf. And it became a big leaf. And it dormant, wintertime. Then it came back. It, was, it grew more. And then it had a little branching out. and had three or four leaves. But the tree that I transplanted, it never grew. It still had leaves, and it lost its leaves and got new leaves, but it stayed the same height. That one twig became a little branch, and it became a bigger branch, and then it began to fork out. And so my tree stayed the same, but this one branch started coming up, and it got equal height with the tree. Now I've got kind of like two trees in one. And it just kept... And this one, and it got bigger. This never grew, but this grew. Finally, I cut off the tree so that I could have a tree. Okay? 
if you were to go to that house today, I don't know how tall that tree is, but it's huge. And it came from one leaf. Where the energy goes is what's going to produce. It's what's going to grow. And there are times in our life when we want, we want to produce fruit over here. And God says, that's a great desire. That's an awesome desire. It's just not what I've called you to do. And he clips it off. It's great, great desire, but I've got a better plan for you. Trust me. And the older we get, the more we recognize, let God prune us. It's the best thing for us. So vitally, vitally important to allow God to prune us so that we can produce more fruit and fruit that remains. Would you like to see what an unpruned grapevine looks like? It looks like that. There's stuff going everywhere. There's dreams here and there's vision there and there's ideas and there's creativity and it's all going everywhere and it all becomes a mess. Now let's look at another picture. This is, this is a picture of grapes that have, from a pruned vine and an unpruned vine. Jesus said this, if you abide in me, you're going to produce fruit. If you remain in me, you're going to produce fruit. You're going to be productive and successful. That is the key to abide or remain or stay in Christ. But what does that mean? And what does that even look like? And why does it even matter? Can't we just go out and do our own thing? Can't we just say, I love Jesus, now I'm going to go do something? He says, abide in me. Let my power flow through you. But how do we do that? How is it that we can become productive by abiding in Christ? How do we abide in Christ or remain in Christ? We look back at Jesus' life just when he's starting off his three-year ministry, if you will, and he goes into the wilderness led by the Holy Spirit. He goes into the wilderness and he's tempted by Satan. And Satan comes along and tempts him. There are three temptations recorded in Scripture. And if you, if, if, I, I would just summarize those three temptations with one word. Shortcut. Shortcut. Satan was tempting Jesus by saying, yeah, yeah, I, 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 kinda, I think I kind of know what you want. And here's a way to get to it. You can get it right now. Or you just bow down and worship me. Just submit to my authority and you'll have these things right now. And that's what we're all tempted to do is to take the shortcut. Come on, we are. We're tempted to go, I just, I just I want to bypass some of these things and I just, I just want to produce fruit. And that doesn't happen. Shortcuts never produce a productive life. Shortcuts never last in the long run. Shortcuts are not the way God works in our lives. I want to go now to the book of Acts chapter number 2. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there. We're going to hone in on this a little bit. We're going to avoid shortcuts. I want to share with you, you can't do shortcuts and produce the kind of fruit that God wants you to produce. Your life will not be as productive if you take shortcuts. Acts chapter number 2, verse 41 through 47. Now, where we're at right now is Jesus has just resurrected from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples. 
And he tells him, go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. He ascends back into heaven. They go into Jerusalem. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost happens. Peter stands up and preaches to the crowd. And 3,000 people are born again that day, right then. And then what we're about to read is what happens next, which is a synopsis of a time period after that day. So we, we see the event of Pentecost, and then what we're going to read is a synopsis of what happened, what it looked like, what the church looked like. So let's read it. Verse 41 through 47, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. Let's hesitate for a moment. Verse 42 says, and they devoted themselves. The King James Version says, they continuously devoted themselves. It, it wasn't just a one time. It was a continuously devotion. We cannot take shortcuts and produce the kind of fruit that God wants us to produce. They devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted themselves to teaching. It makes no difference how old you are or how many sermons you've heard or Bible studies you've been through or how many books you've read. You need to keep growing with teaching. Keep listening to people who are teaching the Word of God appropriately and adequately. And that's one of the ways we grow. We need to continue to have fellowship with one another. You can't produce the fruit that God wants you to produce if you're isolated. There's a connection that happens that causes us to produce more fruit than if we're isolated and by ourselves. Fruit is for people. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. That is a reference both to the communion and also lasagna <laughs> or, or tacos or something. In other words, they, yes, they were breaking bread. They were enjoying the Lord's Supper, Eucharist. But they just, in, they, they were people like us. They just enjoyed getting together and eating. And that's what they did. But then also prayer. Well, prayer's got to be intertwined in everything we do. Everything, it's like just, be, just being able to pray for one another. Even if you feel like, well, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready right now to just to pray out loud with someone or over someone. You will be one day. But even if you're not there yet, tell them, hey, listen, I'm going to be praying for you every day this week. Boy, how encouraging that is, right? I'm going to be praying for you. So we got to intertwine those in everything we do. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Since they were abiding in Christ by committing themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to having meals together, to praying with one another. And then the verse 42 says, And they all the believers were together, and had everything in common. And the reference right there afterwards is that they would sell a piece of property or a donkey or something, and they had money, and they would, of course, tithe on their profits, and then they would, they would be willing to just share with somebody who had need. 
You know, somebody's donkey just died. We need to buy him another donkey. Or Pinto. For everyone from 1974. So-and-so, man, they're having kid number seven. They need some help. I want this money to go to them. They were sharing with one another. They had all things in common. Can I, can I ask a favor right now? I want to add to the Bible. I want to add some things to the Bible. Is that okay? Some of you theologians are going, oh, no, it's not. Just hang on. Hang on. It's not okay. Okay, just hang on. They had all things in common. We know what that's referencing, okay? But can I just, I just made a list of some things I think they had in common. Uh, I think they had faith in common. I th- they said, we believe in God. We believe in Jesus. We believe in salvation. We believe in the cross and the resurrection. They had faith in common. They had fellowship in common. They loved getting together and having that support system. They had gifts in common. The Holy Spirit is given to everyone who believes in Christ, and He comes with gifts. Not all of them had the same gifts, but their gifts were complementary to one another, and so they all had gifts. But I also think they all had doubt. Doubt was something that they all had in common because we all have doubts. And doubts should not wig us out. Doubts should be brought to Christ and say, God, help me with this doubt. I'm I'm having difficulty. I'm asking you to help me with this. And he always does. I think they had doubts just like I have doubts. And you have doubts. They had that in common. They had needs. They had needs. They had like, man, I, I need God to work in this situation. I need God to provide this. I need God. I need God. They had needs just like you and I have needs. They had fears. They were like, man, I don't know. This, they were fearful of the Jew. They were fearful of the Jewish leaders. They were fearful of Rome. They had fears just like you and I. We're wondering, okay, what's going to happen? What's the next step? What's, what's the weird thing the government's going to do next? And what's the weird thing my neighbor's going to do next? They had fears, just like you and I have fears. But they also had joy. You imagine seeing all those miracles? Do you imagine seeing people born again every day? Daily, the Lord's adding to the church. That was joy. They had growth. They had to learn how to manage that growth. They had to learn how to to manage feeding some widows that were being overlooked. Then finally, they had to manage trying to figure out how we're going to intertwine Jews and Greeks together. Uh, They had growth. They had growth problems, and those are wonderful problems. They had wisdom. They were gaining wisdom all the time. Because all they had known was the Old Testament, and they were looking forward to this Messiah, and then Jesus appears. You imagine them going back and going, oh, dude, I was reading the other day in the Old Testament, and that verse talks about Jesus. I mean, it said the virgin will be with child. We didn't think that was literal. Sure enough, it was. And they're gaining all this wisdom and knowledge and all this growth, just like you and I are. That I would say also they had in common, every one of them had that relative. You know who I'm talking about? That one person in the family. You never know what they're going to say at Thanksgiving. Be careful. Because if right now you're thinking, I don't think we have anybody like that. Another thing they had in common was work. Work's a four-letter word that every 12-year-old needs to learn. It's a good word. Work. Everybody say work. Work. 
works a good word. They had work. They had to go to work, and they got tired. They came home, and they're like, dude, I am so exhausted. I am so tired. But there's a prayer meeting at the Goldberg's house. And I really need to be there. My brain hurts. But I'm going. They were tired. They got tired just like you and I get tired. They had all things in common. They were tired. They were like, man, I am so tired. But I know that if I go, I'll be changed more into the image of Christ. I will produce more fruit. I'm going to church. I'm going to life group. I'm going to Bible study. I'm going to prayer meeting. I'm going to two for two. I'm going for it because I only get this one life and I want to produce fruit. And though I'm tired like everybody else gets tired, I'm going for it and doing it all the way. They had temptation. They were tempted just like you and I are tempted. They had that thing in common. All people are tempted. Jesus was tempted. They had power. They had power working through their lives because they were connected to the vine. And the power of God was flowing through them with might. And man, all the people were being born again every day. There's miracles happening. They had the life of God flowing through them. And they had this, this energy not because they were some special, not because they were perfect. They had all these things in common, just like you and I. They faced the same things you and I faced, but the life of God was being allowed to flow through them. They weren't stopping it up. They weren't damming up the stream, and the life was flowing through them. They had miracles. They had absolute miracles that they saw, they participated in, they prayed for, and all of a sudden they go, dude, it happened. Whoa, wow, praise God. They had all these things happening, but they had all things in common with you and I. They were no different than you and I. And that look what happened. Here, the life, they were connected to the vine. The vine is shooting out energy into the branch, and the branch is allowing itself to be pruned, and the branch is producing fruit. That is the power of our lives. That's what God wants us to do. Worship band is going to be coming up. I want to close with this met this illustration, and that is in, in the year 109, 109 years after Christ, the Romans built an aqueduct for a particular city. It was a very dry, arid region, but up in the mountains, there was water, an ample supply. And so they built this aqueduct for the water to flow down to the city and provide water for the entire city, and it, and it worked well. So they... they they made bricks, and they got rocks, and they put mortar, and they did all this stuff. And this aqueduct was bringing water down to the city, providing all the water that was needed. And the, the city received the water and was nourished by the water for 1,800 years. That's 60 generations. And then there was a generation that came along and said, you know, we have this new invention called pipes and we don't we don't want this aqueduct to you know we don't we don't want that anymore we'll divert the water run it through some pipes and we'll preserve this aqueduct because we want our children and their children and their children to learn about that and know about that and to admire it and to know wow this thing was built and it worked for so long we want our children and their children and generations to follow to be able to see what was. So they diverted the water, they brought the water down through pipes, 
and the aqueduct was no longer used. There was no water flowing down the aqueduct. But it wasn't too long before they realized when they began to look at the aqueduct, it was beginning to crumble. Everything was drying up. The stones drying up, the bricks drying up, the mortar cracking. Everything began to disintegrate and literally turn into dust. Why? Because the water was what kept the aqueduct working. And once they cut off the flow of water, it began to disintegrate. You and I are called to just continuously let the water flow through our lives, continuously let the power of the Holy Spirit flow through our lives. And when we do, we will be productive. The storm that you experience cannot stop you from producing fruit. The abuse that you endured cannot stop you from producing fruit. The confusion, maybe you had bad theology at some time in your life, that cannot stop you from producing fruit because God is the one who flows through you and he is the one that produces the fruit that is attached to your life. And God is not done with you. I don't care how old you are, what you've been through, or how new you are to the faith. God says, I want to produce something through you, something that's going to be luscious, powerful, good, and something that's going to last even throughout all eternity. That's what we're called to do, and that's the church that we are, and that's the church we're going to be. Can I get an amen? amen? But what about you today? What about you as an individual today? The deal is this. You can want to do something for God, but if you're not connected to Him, then you're on your own. You may, you may have good thoughts and good intentions, but you're on your own. You're trying to produce something that God wants to produce and that truly only He can. Only God can produce the fruit. He just attaches it to your life. It comes through you, but it's His power. And so if you're not connected to Him, then there's, there's no life of God flowing through you. So let's... I, I just want to... Do you want to correct that today? Do you want to get connected to the life source for the whole universe? The life source that so many people in this room are connected to, and that is Christ. It's, it's, not a, a, it's, it's not joining a church. It's joining the church, the worldwide church of Jesus Christ. To say, Lord, I, I want to be connected to you. I, I know nothing's, nothing's really going on. I, I'm, I'm try, I have great ideas, but nothing's happening in my life. God, I want to be connected to you. And how does that happen? You come to God and say, God, I'm, I don't want to be that wild vine I don't want to be that guy off on my own, that woman off on my own. Lord, I want to be connected to you. Please, will you forgive me of, of being that corrupt, that wild vine? Please forgive me. And Lord, please accept me. I, I, want to, I want to be a part of your family. I want to be a part of your vine. I want to be in you and you in me. And God said, so would you please forgive me of my sin and just, just please accept me into your family. You know, the Bible says that anyone who comes to God, he will never push away. Anyone who comes and says, God, I, I need you, I need you. He never says, no, I, no. He never does that. What, he do, what does he do? He says, come on. Come on, I've been waiting for this day. I've been waiting for this day. That's why I sent Jesus to the cross, so that you would have life flowing through your life. That's why he, the resurrection of Christ, that's why. To prove to you, you can live an abundant life. That's God's plan for your life. But are you connected to him? 
Let's get connected today. Pray right now and say, God, I need you. Please forgive me. I want to be connected to you. Let's pray together, okay? Father God, thank you, Lord, that so much for you have a plan for our life. And you want us to be successful and productive and fruitful. You want us to, to, to be a part of your kingdom in a way that your life flows through us. And you produce fruit that you attach to our lives. Thank you, God, that that is your plan. But, Lord, for every person here today that, that is not connected to you, Lord, may this be the moment right now where there is forgiveness and the slate is wiped clean. And, Lord, there is a, there's a, a bringing in to the kingdom of God, a bringing in to the life and love of Christ. And as people pray right now, just saying, God, please forgive me. Please accept me into your family, into, into your life. Lord, I want to live my life for you. And I'll no longer take shortcuts. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to become a part of the body in tangible ways. Lord, please, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've prayed that and you just know that right now you're connecting with God, before you leave her today, please come say hi to me. Tell me about your prayer today. I want to hear what God's doing in your life and what he's going to do. Praise God. Amen. How many of you today would say, you know what, I, I want to produce fruit. I want to produce more fruit. I want to produce better fruit. I want God flowing through me in a way that hasn't happened maybe ever or maybe in years. God, I want to produce fruit. Would you stand to your feet today and say, God, I want to produce some fruit. I want to see the kingdom of God working through my life and working in my community and working in my church. Yeah, we want to produce fruit. Fruit that remains, fruit that lasts. That's why we... Invested that money into a remodel for our children's ministry. Man, we're producing fruit, kids that are loving God. Don't you love the fact that this church has little, little people running around? Isn't that great? Part of the fruit of the kingdom of God. Well, these guys are going to lead us in worship and praise. This is time to celebrate the fact that God has called us to produce fruit. It's His design. It's His plan. It's His purpose. Let's go for it and say, okay, God, all for your praise and all for your glory. Amen? Amen. This is amazing grace. That you would bear my cross. 
Darkness run for cover, but the me 